Good morning, Crossbow Fellowship, and good morning for any guests that are joining us on this online service. This is our fourth week of holding online services during this COVID-19 pandemic. My name is Moises Ortiz, and I'm a pastoral intern here at Crossway Fellowship, and it is a joy for me to bring the Word of God this morning to you. And uh, today we're going to be in uh, Luke 19, 41 to 44. And as you know, uh, this Sunday we'll remember the last week or the inauguration of the last week of Jesus' ministry. And we start that with Palm Sunday. And when we think of Palm Sunday or this inauguration of the last week, we normally think of the triumphal entry to the city of Jerusalem. When the people gathered and rejoiced and they were pra praising the Lord with loud voice. But it's also in the Palm Sunday that we will see a sad scene on the, on the passages coming. If you were with us last year, I preached Luke 19, 28 to verse 40, where the title of the sermon was, The King of Peace is Coming. So if you thought that Pastor Sean's exposition on Romans took some time, well, it took me one year to cover 17 verses. But just going back to our text today, we regularly think of Palm Sunday as a moment of joy and praise that the Lord received as he rode on this cult on his way to the city of Jerusalem. But if we continue reading, we see this unusual scene. After all the joy, the Lord had a moment of deep sadness. The King of Peace, that we were talking about last year, came with terms of peace for the people, but the people ignored them. This morning, we will be meditating on three consequences of ignoring Jesus' terms of peace in Luke 19, 41 to 44, but please join me first on a word of prayer. Father, thank you for today, and Father, as we are facing this uh, pandemic, we pray for the world, and we pray for the medical professionals that are in the front lines, and Father, we pray for our authorities as they are making decisions. But Father, we pray and we need just to remember who you are. And we need to remember that you are on sovereign control and rule over this. Father, as we come this morning to meditate on the word, Father, help us to understand that you are the king that offers peace and certainty and that we can rejoice in that truth. Thank you for this time that we will have and we just pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So please join me in Luke 19, 41 to 44 to read these verses. And when he drew near, he saw the city and he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. So the first consequence we're going to talk about this morning 
of ignoring Jesus' terms of peace is a lamentation for the city, based on verse 41. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it. Probably, for many of us, the significance of Israel is not that clear. We read about the importance of it in the Old Testament, and we can see a lot of the references that the New Testament points out about it. But still, it feels distant for many of us. Probably, for those of you that have had the opportunity to go to Israel, those passages or these passages are more powerful or have a more engaging meaning. But for a lot of us, it's really important that we understand and we take the opportunity to understand how important Israel and the land was. It is important for us to understand the significance of the city of Jerusalem in the Bible. For example, in Psalms, when we read some of the descriptions of the city, we can see, for example, in Psalm 48, that the land was the joy of the earth, according to the psalmist. But also if we go to Psalm 137, verse 6, the author says, Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. So with these verses, we can see that Jerusalem had a beauty, a majesty, and importance. Our text this morning says that Jesus wept over it, meaning the city. The world translated as wept in this text is the strongest word you can find in the Greek language for weeping. It is showing Jesus' agonizing sobbing over the city and for its people. The merciful God allowed his people to repent, but their reaction was superficial, hypocritical, and shallow. They rejected him. They rejected the promised king, and the inevitable inevitable divine wrath fell upon them. If we consider the context of the passage, in the very same chapter, some verses before, we see the parable of the ten minas. There was one servant who did the wrong thing for his master. In verse 22, Jesus said, I will condemn you with your own words. Jerusalem and its inhabitants are going to be condemned by their own words and actions. But this parable closes with a frightening verdict. Please take a look at Luke 19, 26 and 27. I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine, who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. The king came to them and they rejected him. They were not able to recognize their king. The text says that they were meant to be servants under his merciful and beautiful rule, but now they are counted as enemies for they did not want him to reign over them. 
And we can see a parallel here with the same idea and a close main thought with a well-known verse in Isaiah 53, verses 2 and 3. For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should like at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom my, men hide their, face, their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. The prophet Isaiah made this prophecy. We know it talks about the suffering of the Christ, but it's also prophesizing the incapacity of the people to recognize their promised Messiah. He will have no majesty in their eyes, no beauty that they will desire. We, said the prophet, meaning the people, esteem him not. That is why the Lord is weeping over Jerusalem. In the context of Luke 19.38, the author is quoting Psalm 118.26. So what Luke is communicating is that the city received the opportunity again to recognize their Lord, and they just couldn't. So the only possible reaction for the Lord was to weep for the city. The second consequence of rejecting Jesus' terms of peace is the loss of peace and salvation. The loss of peace and salvation based on the verse 42. And verse 42 says, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Bursting in tears, the Lord Jesus laments. Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But so far, instead of seeking peace and recognizing their Lord, the opposite occurred. Salvation and peace were at hand. But instead of repentance, there was hardening. Instead of conversion, apostasy. And as always, when sinners are hardened, God is the one who hardens them. As in verse 42 says, But now they are hidden from your eyes. At this point, the door of grace is not completely closed, but it is closing fast. The people are rejecting God's salvation that brings us peace in the person of Jesus Christ. As we know the story, another sad contrast is happening. While some people were joyful and praising God in the triumphal entr entrance, in just a few days, some of them will be shouting in anger to crucify the King Jesus. 
the holy city was not holy anymore. And Jesus here is echoing what Jeremiah 9 verse 1 says. Oh, that my head were waters and my eyes a fountain of tears. And I might weep day and night for this lane of the daughter of my people. And also in Jeremiah 14:17 it says, You shall say to them these words, Let my eyes run down with tears night and day, and let them not cease. For the virgin daughter of my people is shattered with a great wound, with a very grievous blow. The prophet Jeremiah is sorrowful for the destiny that will come for the people of Israel. The city will be devastated and all them will be taken into captivity. Listen to what Osborne says in this passage. Jesus mentions, what would bring your peace is likely a play on words as the name Jerusalem means city of peace. The very name of their beloved city was not longer the, the characteristic of it. It was meant to be the city of peace, the throne of the king, but it had become the city that has no peace and had rejected the king. This is a very sad passage. To see the, blind, the blindness that sinful and broken people have is just totally devastating. The Lord Jesus is clearly showing that if they recognize him, he will restore the land. He will restore Jerusalem because he is the source of the everlasting peace. That promised peace that was there for them in the person of Jesus Christ was at hand and they rejected. They were willing to see. They were waiting for the Messiah, but they were only willing to see what met their desires and expectations, not what the Christ, the King, was giving them. It was their unbelief that blinded them to recognize the promise that God was giving them in, their, in front of their very eyes. They wanted a political and, or military Messiah. They were looking for the liberation of the nation. And back into the prophets, the Lord was requiring a clean heart. A heart that will worship the Lord. But the people were just wanting to satisfy their expectations. Not to satisfy the, Lord, the Lord's demands. It is impossible to deny that the Lord has an importance in the scripture. And that a lot of people had a huge appreciation for the city of Jerusalem and its walls and the temple. But the Old Testament literature has a clear emphasis on spiritual redemption. The shalom of God was the divine peace. And they did not like it. They were, they were unable to recognize the peace that God was sending them. The shalom was the characteristic of Jesus' life, and they couldn't see it.
The third consequence we're going to talk about for rejecting Jesus' terms of peace is a condemnation in verse 43 and 44. The condemnation that comes from not attending Jesus' terms of peace. Go with me to verse 43. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you, and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. In verses 43 and 44, Jesus declares the judgment of the covenant on faithfulness. The expression, for the day will come, is an expression that we can find several times in the different prophets and in the Old Testament literature. And it's a warning of God's judgment. There was a covenant, a covenant between God and its people. But the people were guilty of covenant unfaithfulness. The visitation of God had come in the life of the Messiah, and the city had rejected him. There was a covenant that was established from different generations, and they were unfaithful to, the, to these. And because of that unfaithfulness, they were not able to see, to recognize, and to praise the King, the Messiah, the promise that they were waiting for generations. As the city lies there, in all its splendor before Jesus, the prophetic eye of the Lord beholds a heavy contrast. On the one hand, Jerusalem is, at his, and in that moment of time, is exactly the way he can see it. In the other hand, Jerusalem is a smoking ruin where thousands and thousands of inhabitants and visitors of the city are condemned to horrible deaths. And the thousands more, thousands more that are destined to exile and slavery that in many cases was even worse than death itself. That's what the Lord Jesus is able to see. But if we can track through all the passage that the unfaithfulness resulted on this condemnation. Let me quote Osborne again. The reason for such total devastation is that the Jewish people did not recognize the time of God's coming. God in Jesus gave them the opportunity after opportunity to recognize his hand in Jesus and the presence of the kingdom in his words and deeds, but they rejected every sign. Virtually, every detail in Luke's gospel describes how the new era of God's salvation had arrived in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. So they stand before God completely guilty. And the comment that this author is making it's so clear and appropriate about this. There was a covenant. They had all the means to recognize and understand the covenant. 
So when they reject Jesus, they were to stand completely guilty before the Lord. And sadly, Jesus' words found their fulfill, fulfillment in the destruction of Jerusalem when the Roman army entered to Jerusalem and destroyed the city in the year 70 AD. On that occasion, Jerusalem was not absolutely destroyed, but, but for several years it was taken and burdened and was destroyed through several battles. Luke uses a language common in the Old Testament. This fulfillment of Jesus' words happened at this moment. Using a rhetorical figure of the prophetic hyperbole, these expressions that the, the, the prophets are using, Jesus finally describes the results of such a bloody historical event. Although the city of Jerusalem, as I said before, was not raised, it was torn down. The Jews who were unable to escape or to take refuge, they were hunted. They were hunted down and killed. And the temple was finally destroyed again. Jesus clarifies that all that will happen because they didn't know the time of their visitation or liberation. That is, they rejected the mission of Jesus as their King and Messiah. In biblical language, visitation is a way of speaking about judgment and liberation or salvation. Thus, the Old Testament testifies that God will visit his people with acts of liberation, but sometimes with acts of judgment, depending on whenever the people were repentant or not. Therefore, we can deduce that from all the lamentation of Jesus, the sadness and the most hard phrases is the final sentence spoken to Jerusalem. You did not know the time of your visitation. This cruel trial came to Jerusalem for putting its hopes in a military and political vindication. The kingdom that Jesus offered them was one of peace and justice and that will last for the eternity. God's thoughts are always of goodness and peace and they end up not being that different from, to, to us. It is equally sad to see the world today, to see how we as a society are wasting our own time of visitation. Jesus wept before the city because he was aware that the acclamation that he received was superficial. It is easy at this moment to hyper-spiritualize what we are facing during this COVID-19 crisis. A lot of people are trying to equate this to a judgment against the nations or groups of people. What we can be sure about is that this situation is under the Lord's sovereign rule and that this time we can consider, and it's a good time to consider, 
the call that the cross of Jesus Christ is making. The terms of peace are at hand in the sacrificial work of the saving Christ. As believers, we see our society and our cities, and of course, we want to cry as Jesus did. When we see the direction that the human culture is going, there's nothing else to do than crying. And you might think in the midst of this crisis, Moises, why you didn't thought of a sermon that will bring us some joy and hope? Why all this sadness and sorrow? Well, dear brothers and sisters, here are the good news. Here are the, here are the beautiful facts that we can rejoice on. Like the fact that we have been entrusted with the gospel that calls for salvation. We are heralds of the saving message. We are talking to the world on behalf of the King of Peace. And we have to deliver the message of peace with God through Jesus Christ. In America, a lot of people will call themselves Christians. And will show their palms and will have their rejoice and joy when they hear the word or the name Jesus. But when we see our city, when we see our world, and when we see it with Jesus' eyes, we cannot do something else but weep over our world. But gain heart, dear brothers and sisters, because the cross reminds us that the time of our visitation is not over. Judgment is coming, that is true, but salvation is at hand, and that is our message. In this season that we are facing, live out the gospel in the big things and the little things. Preach the gospel in deed and word, and behold the Lord Almighty, the King of Peace.